Turn to the book of Job tonight. We'll be in Job chapter number 16. Job chapter number 16. Thank you for the music. And continue to be faithful. Continue to give. I was thinking as they, was pulling, they were pulling on all the cords of the mics trying to get into place. Um, that's one of the things that we're going to when we finish uh, the construction in here and get new carpet and get new chairs. We're also, and those of you that sing, uh, will be ex- are excited at the prospect of of uh, cordless microphones and uh, all of the uh, tripping and all of those things. We had a member give about uh, half of what is needed to pay for that in addition to their other uh, commitments. So uh, those things are coming. Continue to be faithful and give. God presses upon you uh, to give in addition to what you've already pledged and uh, just uh, do what the Lord uh, tells you to do. And we'll look forward to seeing how God uh, does all these things in the days ahead. It's wonderful to see the progress that we've had. It's not as fast as we'd like it, is it? Uh, but if we look back on what God has allowed us to do over the last couple of years, a lot has gotten done, and I look forward to seeing how God does the remainder of these things. Job chapter number 16, I'm going to be uh, very practical, uh, but because I'm going to be practical this evening, don't underestimate the importance of the subject tonight. Uh, the choir started off with, send us revival. And our nation needs revival, doesn't it? Uh, there's a misnomer in our nation, even amongst Christians people, as what brings revival. God doesn't send, God sends revival to the church. He doesn't send revival to the lost. Uh, When the church has revival, the lost get a gospel witness. The Spirit of God is able to do a work. Uh, What is keeping America from having revival is not the lost people, it's saved people. Uh, And saved people like to lecture a lot to the lost people, but it's the saved people who uh, are in need of revival. I say all that to say to lay the groundwork for what I'm going to preach on tonight One of the things that I think hinders revival amongst God's people is the way they treat each other, is the lack of principle in our relationships. One of the most difficult things for a Christian is when another Christian gets out of fellowship with God and it puts our relationship, it strains our relationship. How close do I allow myself to be? How much do I separate myself? What is the balance? In, in, in my friendship, well, no matter how close or how far away we seem, we're supposed to always pray for them, love unconditionally. But I'm going to preach tonight on the subject of friendship. And there's a lot of uh, things that we, I think, misinterpret as far as friendship. But tonight, I'm going to, I believe it will be very helpful to us uh, to being a, the right kind of friend when a friend is going through difficulty. Look at Job 16, verse number 1. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeth thee that thou answerest? I also could speak as ye do, if your soul were in my soul's stead. I could heap up words against you and shake mine head at you. But I would strengthen you with my mouth, and the moving of my lips should assuage your grief." Uh, We know the story of Job. We'll review it in just a moment. But I want you to notice what he he calls his friends, miserable comforters are ye all. We've heard the saying, uh, with friends like that, who needs enemies? Uh, Well, it shouldn't be that way amongst God's people. I don't want to ever be said of me that I was not a friend. Friendship is not shown in good times. 
We're going to see tonight that Job's, the friendship, the character of these friends wasn't revealed until Job went through a hard time. When Job had his wealth, when Job had his standing, uh, boy, friends were, were, were there to be found. And uh, it'll also remind us tonight of how wonderful it is to have a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Because uh, when man does leave us, we have a God who will never leave us, never forsake us, and uh, he'll help us in ways that man cannot help us. So tonight I want to preach on missing the mark in friendship. Missing the mark in friendship. Father, help us tonight as we look once again in your word, uh, as we uh, just look at one aspect of friendship. May we be reminded of our responsibility. May we be reminded of uh, friendship as you uh, interpret friendship. May we use the life of Job as an example of what miserable comforters, how it affected him. May we learn some things tonight that will keep us from being the wrong kind of friend, of missing the mark in friendship. Uh, we ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. We know much of Job's trial and burdens. Uh, I'll not take the time to review it. I've, I've preached on it in, in recent days. We know Job had everything, and he lost everything that he had. In one moment, in one instant, in one day, his life was forever altered. His wealth was gone. His security was gone. His children were all taken from him in one just course of events. We know the background of that. We know that God was allowing Job to be tested. Satan had challenged uh, and challenged the fact that Job would deny if God had not blessed him so much. God allowed these things to take place in Job's life. Certainly, uh, God is, was going to use Job, and we refer to him. I can, I can speak personally. Job has been an example to me. Job has been a source of strength to me, as I would say probably every Christian and sometime during a trial. If nothing else, we say, well, at least I'm not Job. And if Job made it, I can make it. So Job, God used, has used Job for several things, but he also used these circumstances to continue to purify Job to continue to teach Job some things. And we've seen the end of the story and how God <clears throat> gives everything back. But I want us to look at this aspect uh, of missing the mark in friendship. At the end of Job chapter number 3, in <clears throat> verse number 11, we see the appearance of Job's friends. Now, when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that was come upon him, they came every one from his own place, Eliphaz, the Temanite, and Bildad, the Shuite, and so far the Naamite, for they had made an appointment together to come to mourn with him and to comfort them. Verse 13 goes on to tell us, that the, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 13, that uh, they just sat with him there. Everything begins the way you would hope a friend would respond. They hear of the difficulty, they hear of the trials, they hear of the tragedy, and they go to see Job. They go to help him mourn and be comforted. They just sit with Job. Sometimes when somebody is going through a difficulty, uh, that's just the best thing you can do is not say anything. Just be present. Just be available. But it doesn't stay that way. Leading up to verse number 16, all three of these friends take their turn telling Job why Job is going through the difficulty. They, they, they inform Job and lecture Job and preach good sermons to Job that if he would confess the sin, if he hadn't been living a double life, if, if, if he would get things right with God, then these things would not have taken place. 
So they, they give him all of the, their opinion, and we see Job's response in chapter number 16. Uh, he answers them in verse number 1, I have heard many such things. Job's conclusion of all their opinions, of all their acts of friendship, was such that I hope can never be said of me and you. Miserable comforters are ye all. Tonight I'm going to give us some things that will help all of us. If this won't help you, it's going to help me, but it'll help you. And I believe that God's people, generally speaking, everyone here at least, would have a desire to be the right kind of friend. I want to be somebody that can be counted on in difficult times. I want to be somebody who will be present when others will not be present. I want to be somebody that will be faithful and somebody that can be a help and somebody that can be an encouragement. I believe that's the heart of probably just about every child of God. But what takes place took place in the lives of these miserable comforters, they got in the way of their friendship. Their pride... Got became a problem. It got in the way of them being the right kind of friend. And friend, you and I need to be reminded, and every once in a while we need somebody to tell us that the world does not revolve around us. You are not the center of the solar system. You are not uh, what everybody is thinking about. I know they're talking about me. No, you're not that important in their life. You're not the center of everything that is, go that is going on in their world. We need to be reminded that my responsibility, your responsibility is to be the right kind of friend. I believe if it could be revealed to us, we'd be amazed at those that took another step, those that continued in their life, and they did so because they had a friend who is the right kind of friend. And I believe it would hurt our hearts. It would be a source of pain, if you will, for us if we could be revealed at the number of times. And yes, everybody's going to answer for their own decisions. But instead of being an encouragement, we were a stumbling block because we were not the right kind of friend, but a miserable comforter. Tonight, let's look into uh, these, the, this story, this passage of Scripture tonight. And I want to bring, uh, be, be very uh, practical and obvious tonight, but I believe it will be very, very helpful because uh, if, you, if, you, if you come to church, you know what you ought to have? You ought to have friends. This is a church where you can say, I have friends. I, I want to be the right kind of friend. But let's notice some things. Let me say number one, first of all, these miserable comforters assumed they knew what was really going on in Job's life. Oh, they had it figured out, didn't they? Oh, I can tell. I've known Job longer than most people. I knew that he, he had to be so... Everything that he had in life, there's no way a man can have that and not be full of pride. There's no way a man can have all of that and something not be going on. Job, you should have... Why else would you have God taken everything from you? Why else would you uh, be, be in this, this pain and conflict? And, and why else? If you'll just confess it, if you'll just get it right, oh, they had it all figured out, except they didn't. Because Job didn't even know all the reasons why. 
It's not like Job could correct him and say, no, no, you don't understand. See, Satan came in after walking to and fro and, and accusing God's children to him. And, and, and God brought up me. God brought up my, my, my record and said, have you considered my servant Job? And then Satan said, the only reason why he doesn't curse your name is because you're so good to him. If you take everything away from him, he'll curse you. And then God said that you can do anything to him but take his life. And guys, that's why I'm here. Job didn't know that. And by the way, let me just insert this here. You may not know every reason why God allows you to go through things you go through. You can ask God to tell you. You can try and figure it out. But there's some things God will never reveal to you until you're in glory. Well, he just won't tell. He may not. Job didn't know. But his friends, these miserable comforters, they had it figured out. Be very careful getting into God's business. Oh, there's a, we as God's church, we need to be reminded there are some things that is 100% God's business and it's, it's up to you and I to stay out of it. And I say that to say we don't always know what God is doing in the life of somebody else. And we assume, well, I, I, I knew that was going to catch up with them. You don't know what's catching up with them. It, it, it may be, whatever it is, may be catching up with them. And I'm not saying that when God says things will happen, that they're not going to happen. They will happen. But there's some things we don't have an explanation for. They assume they knew. You know, most of us can't keep up with ourselves, much less keep up with, with what's going on with somebody else. Now, Facebook helps. <laughs> Facebook helps. I can tell what's going on. Oh, no. Uh, uh, you know my thoughts on that. Uh, we don't put our, our, our worst day on social media. We put our best day out there. But they assumed they knew what was really going on. By the way, let me say, it's not important for you to know. It's, it's, it's what, what's going on in somebody's life is between them and God. Even as the pastor, there are some things that I will become privy to that others will not. But I, but, I, but I only come into that knowledge and information because I'm in a situation to shepherd that individual. My, 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 you, if you've been here, you know it's true. If I don't have to know, I don't want to know. Uh, why? Because it's between you. I just want to be a help. I want to be a friend. And I, I don't, the, the more that I think I know, the worse it's going to be for me in being a friend to an individual. They assumed they knew what was really going on in Job's life, and they didn't. This is just a good reminder for you and I. Let's just do what we're supposed to do, be the friend that we're supposed to be, uh, act the way we're supposed to act. And because they assumed they knew what was really going on in Job's life, that leads us to number two. They were full of empty speeches. Verse 3, shall vain words have an end? You guys done yet? I mean, my wealth has been taken away from me. My servants have all been killed. I've buried my ten children. My wife is more than stressed out because of the situation. I, my health is gone. I'm sitting in an ash heap. It's not the time for me to hear lectures 
about what you would do or what I should do or the reason why all this is happening. He says, shall vain's word have it in? You guys done yet? I don't want my friendship to be the kind when people are glad to see me go, not when I come. That word vain, speaking of empty words, this was the speeches of empty words. Well, I was praying, and I just felt impressed upon me. God, let me know why you're going through this. Friend, God's not letting you know why somebody else is going through something. God, let me know. And so we're going to fix this and solve this problem. And ladies, don't get upset at me. Let let me help you. Uh, Ladies, generally speaking, are fixers. I have to fix it. I have to fix it. I have to fix it. And it comes from the way God made you. It comes from good desires in your heart. But there are some things you cannot fix. Boy, I, 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 can, I can testify that as a pastor. I want to help solve your, your whatever problems I can. I want to help you in life. But there, I learned a long time ago, there are some things I cannot help. There are some things I cannot control. There are some things I cannot, I, I don't even know what, I don't know what everything God is doing. Be very careful of giving empty speeches, vain speeches. Uh, because they thought they, were, they knew what was going on in Job's life, they were full of vain, empty words. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeneth thee that thou answerest? It's, somebody's going through a difficult time, and all of us know someone. As church is close-knit as our church. Uh, I'm reminded that part of the privileges and prayer of a church is We bear one another's burdens. We rejoice, or we should rejoice when others rejoice. We also weep when others weep. That does not mean we get in somebody else's business. And we, we, there's not a problem. I'm glad to preach on this tonight, and I'm glad that the Lord impressed upon me to preach on this tonight because there's not a problem that I know of. There's a great spirit in our church, and there's a really a heart for one another. But I want to warn us and guide, and guide us a little bit tonight using God's Word because we don't want to miss the mark in friendship. Full of empty speeches. Notice Job is going to continue to speak. We see number three, they did not consider if the roles had been reversed. Look at verse 4. I also could speak as you do. Ye do. If your soul were in my soul's stead. Think about what's being said here. I could heap up words against you and shake my head at you. Job is saying to his friends, If your heart was shattered as my heart is shattered after burying ten children, there's some things I could say about you. There's some things I could say about the way you're responding. Did Job respond perfectly? Absolutely not. But it wasn't their place to do a work in Job's life. If if you had lost everything, you know, we get this sanctimonious 
spirit about us from time to time. We, we all have to fight that in us. And it's because we don't have to deal with what they're dealing with. Everybody knows how to play quarterback who's never played quarterback. Everybody knows how to coach who hasn't coached. I was going to say everybody can be president who's never been president, but I don't think that's a good illustration for now. You get the point. Friend, they, they did not consider one day they may be in a situation like that. I tell you, we'll see it again. We remind in just a moment, but Job was searching for an answer from God. Job wanted to know. He wanted some kind of rationale. He wanted some kind of explanation. What he did not need were miserable comforters. And he reminds them of their vain words, and he reminds them that, the, as the saying goes, the shoe could be on the other foot. They did not consider, what would I need? What would I desire? How would I want to be comforted? What kind of friend would I want if I was in that situation? That's the kind of friend I want to be. And we shouldn't say, well, I know that person. They wouldn't be that. I want to be the kind of friend who, not like these men, I want to be the kind of friend who considers, the man, if I was in that kind of situation, this is what I would want some, this is what I would need. And we can't fully know what somebody else is going through, but we certainly need to consider that if the roles were reversed, how would we want to be treated? We really want somebody to lecture us? No. No, and number one, it wasn't their place to spiritually lecture or correct Job in the first place. Boy, they did not consider, you know, that's a good, you know, know, your mother probably told you that when you were a child. Do do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Treat people the way you want them treated. Uh, That's also in the Bible, by the way. That's a good rule to live by. Uh, how would I want to be treated? It's, this, is, this is a good one for all of us. When people are going through difficult times, they, they immediately went and said, there's something wrong with you, Job. We know the background of the story. God was doing something greater. We have a tendency because somebody else goes, so it's, it's part of our tendency. You have, to, you have to work against it from time to time. And, and well, we, I, I, I know this is, it's got to be something going on. It may just be God is trying to do a work. But they did not consider what kind of friend they should have been. They did not consider what they would have liked to have been done if, if it was them going through it. Because you know what happens? Sometimes when we, we go through things, sometimes it's gonna be, it won't be long before we're going we're to go through the same thing. How do we want people to treat us? How do we want people if the roles are reversed? Think about, before you say, what if this was said to me? And let me just remind us, somebody's going through something, it's not about making you feel better. It's about making them feel better. It's not even so much about making them feel better. It's encouraging them. Strengthening them. Because quite frankly, you and I can't make them feel better. There's some circumstances we cannot control. Only God can do that. But we see they they did not consider... If the roles had been reversed, now let me give you number four, and this is 
so simple, so practical, is something that you and I can take and you and I can do it. Watch verse number five. But I would, now, what does he say? They, they have been lecturing him for chapters. And they have told him all everything that they thought was wrong with him. And the reason why he was in all these things. And Job sums it all up in verse number two. I've heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. Shall vain words have an end? You guys ever going to shut up? Verse four, I also could speak as ye do. If your soul were in my soul's stead, I could heap up words against you and shake my head at you. Oh, I can't believe. But then now look at verse 5. But I would strengthen you with my mouth. Now, Job could say this because Job's going through it. And one of the best ways to know how to treat somebody else is if you go through it. And by the way, let me just interject. It's not really the message tonight, but if God allows you to go through something... You have that experience, you have that knowledge and understanding to help somebody else go through it. But notice what he says and how he would do it. I would strengthen you with my mouth. <clears throat> By the way, friendship with our friends or with people in general, there, there's not enough strengthening with our mouth, strengthening with our words. There's a lot of tearing down. And the moving of my lips should assuage your grief. Now notice verse 6, though I speak, my grief is not as waged, and though I forbear, what am I eased? You guys showed up. I am forbearing. I, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I have nothing else. I have no, no choice but to survive. And what good has it done me to have friends like you? What a tragic thing for it to be said about our friendship that the, the, the friend would be better off without our friendship. Better off without our encouragement. But it's very, very important, as we see number four, the goal is to lessen, not increase the burden. That word, as sways, you see it at the end of verse five. You see it again in the form of that sways in, in verse number six. A simple definition means to soften or to lessen. So what Job is saying in verse 5, but I would strengthen you. I see what you've done, but I would strengthen you with my mouth. If you were in the same situation, I would use the opportunity to strengthen you with my mouth, and the moving of my lips should assuage or lessen, soften your grief. Now, Job didn't say I would take it away because Job and no man has that power. Oh, as the heart of your pastor, if I could take your heartache away, I would take it away. I don't have that ability. Every parent understands. They see their children, and as they get older, and as even as adults, you see some of the struggles and some of the... And if I could just take some, some of that away, I would. We see it in one another. We, we, we've gone to church with each other long enough. You see people go through trials and heartaches and burdens, and if we could take that away, we, could, we would. But only God can do that. But we can soften it. We can lessen it. Job said, if I was in your situation, there's things I could say like you're saying. Oh, I can, I can, I can get up some words. And by the way, when you're friends, as long as these guys have been friends, let me remind you, they lived to be like six, 700 years old. They went way, 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 way back. 
They knew each other very well. And your friends, you're going to need no strengths and weaknesses. And he says, I could get up some words about you guys, but I'd use my words to strengthen you. When's the last time you strengthened somebody with your words? Certainly when they're going through a trial, but just in general. The moving of my lips should assuage or soften or lessen your grief. Job goes on to say, my burden's not lighter, it's heavier. It should have grieved his friends to hear that. Our goal should be in our interactions with one another as a child of God with another child of God, as a friend or friend, ought to be the, to lessen the load, not add to it. Uh, you know, everybody's got problems. They don't need yours to. Everybody's got a burden. They don't need you to put more on them. We'll be looking to soften this way to help. Uh, they had not considered this. And there's, there's, there's a couple of things, points I've already really made. But the one is the fact that Job had an understanding. And he said, this is what I would do. It's what they did not do. The goal is to lessen, not to increase their burden. How can this is this is the practical aspect of this? How can I be a friend? You see somebody's going through something, you see somebody's having a difficulty, you say, How can I be a help to them? Think of it this way how can I lessen their burden? I can't solve their problem. I can't take away, and by the way, that's why you ought to take advantage of the fact that you have a pastor. I cannot solve all of your problems. You married him, it's your choice. I can't solve those problems. I can't take away the burden. But if you'll take advantage of having a pastor, maybe I can lessen it just a little bit. As a friend, as a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, like I said, I don't think we have a problem with this. But I want to remind us, be less concerned about what's going on with somebody's life and more concerned with how can I just lessen their load just a tad. Can I, my interaction with them on Sunday, give them a little strength to help them as they go through their week? Well, I know what it's like to face difficulties and burdens. I know what it's like to have the right kind of friends. There have been times when I received a, a note or a little correspondence or a text just at the right moment. What does it do? It softens the grief. It lessens the load. Well, that's much better than being somebody who, I, I've been praying all night. No, you hadn't, number one, but I've been praying all night. The Lord laid this upon my heart, and, and, and this, is, this is why you're going through this. Oh, that doesn't help the person get through. They lessened the load. I want to look at this as Job kind of sums all this up. Can, can we not do that as a Christian? Can we not lessen the load to somebody else? It takes pressure off of you and I. I don't have to solve the problem. This helped me in the, in ministry, as far as ministry goes. It helps me as a pastor. When, when, when there's an issue, I, it's not my job to solve the problem. I, I use this book. Let's apply scripture to help us get through and endure and overcome and correct things that need to be corrected. And doing that will soften and lessen the load. 
But that's, that's what I want to do. And in, 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 in the definition, the context of the message tonight, that's why your pastor is your friend, because I want to lessen the load. I want to soften what you're going through. And sometimes uh, it, it, we have to take the Bible and apply those things, but they did not do that. And friend, it's an opportunity you and I have, literally on a day-to-day basis, we encounter people, how can I lessen their load? But often because we get so full, of, because we make it about us. When somebody says, how's your day going? We actually think they mean they really want to know. <laughs> How are you doing today? Sit down right here and I'll tell you. Oh, boy, here we go. Uh, well, Pastor, they shouldn't have asked. Oh, I know, I know. That's why I don't ask that question anymore. Um, how can I? Well, they were just rude to me. Well, they shouldn't have been rude. But being rude back makes the load heavier, not lighter. They soften, by the way, when people are going through things, this is just a practical, just popped in my mind. It's not time to treat them any different. You treat them the same. You can, you can lessen that load. You can soften the blow. Job's response we see in verse number 6. He makes that, he says what he would do, but he makes the declaration in verse 6, though I speak, my grief is not assuaged, and though I forbear, what am I eased? He sums up his miserable comforters in, in, in two regards. One in verse number 6, he says, you didn't lessen my burden. You and I, we can get a sense of what Job had gone through. But for a moment, think about what Job had gone through. Unfortunately, I know what it's like to bury one child. But I could go home to my other. I, don't, I can't fathom the grief of burying every child. To have your wealth and your security gone. You say, oh, well, well, that's not the... No, 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 no. How nervous do you get... When one company buys out the company you work for. When you hear of the cutbacks or the, the hours change, oh, it's that security. His health. Many of you have health problems and you know what it's like to every day deal with pain and suffering and discomfort. I mean, you know that front's coming in before the weatherman knows the front's coming in. But Job was a strong, healthy man. The Bible gives us that summation, health taken from him. And Job was such a righteous man, the most righteous man on the planet. He would offer sacrifices for his children just in case not just that he did his own sacrifices. He offered for them just in case there wasn't. He was an interceder on behalf of others. There may not have been a purer man that ever walked the planet. How in the world does he process all this in his mind as it's done just like that? But he had miserable comforters who, instead of lightening the load, he says, 
You didn't lessen my burden. How? What a wasted opportunity in the lives of these men. Scripture would say much, would, would, would put them in a much different light. If a friend had stepped forward and tried to lessen the load, to lighten the burden, don't underestimate that ability. Then in verse number 20, in the midst of several things, he makes this statement in verse number 20, my friends scorned me. Not only did they not lessen his burden, they scorned him. That scorn is a strong word of action. They treated him in a way that certainly we know he was unworthy of being treated. When Job could have been encouraged, that was his response. Might I say before I make one just final point, one final observation? Don't miss the mark in your friendship as these did. There's some examples of what we should not be doing. Well, I'm their friend. Well, are you really their friend? Yeah, I, I like their post on Facebook. Well, that's, that's okay. But because of things in society, and it's not just social media, but we don't have a real definition of the word friend. Matter of fact, everybody's got them until you go through some difficulty. That's where you find out where your real friends are. And they started out right, but they were so full of themselves. And here is Job, who had been the standard as far as man is concerned. And now he's brought down even below us. And he's sitting in the ash heap. And, well, let me tell you why. It's got to be because of this, and it's got to be because of this. It's got to be. They didn't understand friendship. Job summed it up when he said, You had an opportunity to soften or to lessen my load. And my load is not lighter, it's heavier. Let's not be the kind of friend who, who makes their burden heavier, but who tonight can we lighten their load? We can do it with our words. We can do it with our kindness. We can do it with prayer. We can do it with our presence. And sometimes we can do it by not saying a word. But it's the mindset of I want to lighten that load, lighten that load, lighten that load, lighten that load. Lighten that load. Somebody might stay in the fight if we lighten their load. Somebody might go another day if we'd lighten their load. Uh, but as he, he sums it up, maybe tonight you're saying, well, I, I've got these kind of friends. Well, I want you to know that you have other, you, they're not all your friends, but I know what he says in verse 20. If he says, my friends scorn me, Job says, but my eye poureth out tears unto God. We always have the friend that never forsakes us. How did Job endure all that? That's the key, verse 20. He, went to, he wasn't depending on his friends. He would go to God. Now, we all have God that we can turn to. And I want every Christian, as your pastor, I want you to know that you have a God who cares about your need. He cares about your burdens. He cares about... The day's going to come. Maybe you say, Pastor, you preach about these things, and I don't, I don't know. I've never experienced. Well, well, you ought to praise the Lord for that, but just live long enough, and you will. And when you do, I want you to remember there was a Sunday night when your pastor reminded you that God cares. 
when you're in the ash heap. God cares when you don't understand why you're going through what you go through. You can count on God. But it should not be true of a member of Emmanuel Baptist Church or a Christian in general. They can't say, in addition to a God who cares, I have a friend. Yeah, I'll be able to say I have a friend who lightened my load when it was the hardest for me to carry. What these friends did, they brought their problems, they brought their thoughts, and they laid them on Job's burden. I've been wanting to get that off my chest for 175 years. I've been wanting to say those things. I've always, uh, what they do, they revealed their own failures. They missed the mark of friendship. Let's determine that we're going to be the right kind of friend. This week, you've got a challenge. You've got some homework. You cross the paths with somebody who's having a difficult time, soften that burden. Lessen that burden. Do whatever you can to give them just a little bit of strength. Point them to the one who hears the tears. Point them to the one. And we need each other. We need one another. Well, aren't you thankful that you've got friends? Well, I think of that study we did a year or so ago, Ministry Companions. And how Paul was able, the Apostle Paul was able to do all that he accomplished because of the people that God had placed in his life and how he felt about them. I wonder if there was a time when the Apostle Paul was in that prison feeling a little discouraged. You say, well, Paul wouldn't have got discouraged. Oh, yeah, Paul got discouraged. And there was a correspondent from a friend, a companion. Oh, too, too many times today we as God, well, we ought to have revival. I, I'm just going to tell you, I don't think we're going to have it until God's people do some things. And don't participate. You may not know an individual. Don't participate in piling on somebody. And I have to always include this because of the Internet presence in our life. Uh... Well, why would this world want what we have in so many respects because God's people act the way they act? Don't participate in evil. For it's just gossip, that's evil. Be a friend. Be a friend. Well, you don't know exactly right, and neither do you. These friends thought they knew Job. He, he, I knew he was living a double life. No, they were the ones living the double life. Whose load can you soften this week? Whose load can you make a little bit lighter? Boy, let's be the kind of friend that would please God, but also may it be said of us by our friends, not that we missed the mark of friendship, not that we were a miserable comforter, but they were a friend given by God at the right time at the right moment, 
to lessen my load. Father, help us tonight as we consider your word, as we consider